You've seen the big plays. Jaron stepping to his right, looking, looking, stopping, firing, end zone, touchdown! You've heard what the playmakers and coaches have had to say. Up for a three, got it! But now it's time to go behind the mic with BYU Sports Broadcasters to get their distinctive take on the games. Oh, what an aggressive play! This is Behind the Mic with host Cleon Wall. We're here to bring you unique insights from the BYU Sports Broadcasters who cover the Cougars and from the Cougars themselves. We're going to really lean into the unique insights, including the biggest game at the Marriott Center this season. BYU hosting number eight, Gonzaga, here at the Marriott Center. Time to but before we get to the Zags and Cougs, let's rewind to the start of the week. That's when I sat down with Harrison Collier, a live sports producer for BYU TV. He was part of the broadcast crew who worked on the first two matches of the men's volleyball season against McKendry and number 14, Athletic. Ace off of Gibbs. Capono Brown, four aces now. He's got seven. While the broadcast went well, Harrison and the other crew members Timeout. could not rely on muscle memory from the women's volleyball season. Both sports are different, um, and so it takes some time to get people used to it, especially with men's volleyball. The speed of the game is so much faster that whether it be our replay operators who are trying to hurry and show a replay before the next whistle, um, or our camera operators and stuff trying to follow the ball. Uh, men's volleyball is a little trickier in that aspect of how quick the game is. And so I think that's, um, it takes a little bit of time. But if once they get a couple games, then they, they kind of settle in and it's like, oh, okay, I can do this. Harrison has been a BYU TV producer for 11 years. His job is telling the story of the game or match while it's going on. And the story of these first two matches was basic. And certainly BYU coming off a season that wasn't their best. BYU wasn't ranked as one of the top teams in the nation. They've always been ranked since their program began, what is it, 35 years ago. Uh, they always began ranked, which is pretty impressive. And the fact that they started the season not ranked was kind of a new territory for BYU. So this that storyline on top of not having um, having to break in a new setter, um, not having your three-time All-American in Davide Gardini, uh, those were some key storylines of how was this team going to mesh. BYU beat McKendry in straight sets, but it wasn't a satisfying win. Capono Brown was on fire, but outside hitter Mix Romanus and the others didn't play so well. So Harrison said the storyline for the second match was if the rest of the team was going to show up. I, I mean, even in our uh, in-game in interview with Sean Olmstead, uh, he was visibly frustrated that there was no one else really stepping up in that first match. And usually the second night for guys that aren't used to being in the spotlight, they kind of taper off. And so it's like, if Capono falls, then what? What do you do? And so, but the crazy thing is, is Capono stepped up and was able to continue what he was doing. And then you had Mix play a little bit better. Um, and then your middle blockers were almost perfect throughout the match. And so that kind of helped them to get into a groove. Oh, that's a big swing right there. Mix Romanus. BYU beat Lewis in four sets and is now ranked 13th in the coaches' bowl. They now prepare for Fairleigh Dickinson. My name is Brandon Crow, and I'm a sports producer. Crow was also busy over the weekend producing the women's basketball game on Saturday. And the story of this Cougar squad has been consistent throughout this season. It's been like a running storyline this whole year of, of Amber Whiting, the first-year head coach, 
and uh, tr- how she's trying to navigate the waters of, of doing that and being at that level. Uh, but also Lauren Gustin. Lauren Gustin is one of the top 40 players in the country, according to ESPN. And she, coming into Saturday, had a double-double in 14 of 15 games. Lauren Gustin then seized a rebound, and the story changed. And Gustin secures her 24th rebound. She's got a new career high and has tied the Marriott Center record. In the first half, she she had like 14 rebounds or something crazy. And so we're just tracking that. And so then you communicate that in-game with the graphics guys. And so then we have like a little monitor. And at one point, I think in the third quarter, Lauren Gustin had more rebounds herself than than the opposing team. And so then San Diego. And so uh, we put that graphic up there just to kind of put things into perspective for people. As a producer, you're always you're always watching it. But once it gets into like kind of obscurity, you really have to be able to think about, okay, big picture style. I know us as BYU fans and producers, we, we're kind of numb to Lauren Gustin's numbers. <laughs> but for those who you know might be tuning in for the first time, you always have to be thinking about those people who might be tuning in for the first time. And so that's why you're, you're just constantly throwing that out there. But specifically, once we get in the double digits, that's when it's like, okay, here she goes again. How many can she get? I try not to pay too much attention to it. You know, I just want to get the win. But, um, I mean, they mentioned they got to get one more board. There was, like, five seconds left, so I was like, probably not going to happen, but <laughs> we'll do our bets. But, um, I mean, I just tried to stay locked in on the score. Brandon has seen this team evolve as the season has progressed. And I think for the confidence level for the team, from my producer's perspective, I've I've seen that grow definitely. And I've – excuse me, I've seen – I've seen Lauren Gustin's performance on the court and off the court um, as a leader really take shape in the locker room. And it's really her confidence is, is oozing onto her teammates. And they've been able to, to see themselves uh, come through in the game. And I think that confidence level has only continued to, to elevate their play on the court. Robinson right corner, Spence, and Spencer Johnson knocks down the three-pointer. With the men's basketball team's victory in San Diego over the weekend, BYU Sports Nation producer Ben Bagley invited assistant coach Cody Theger on the program. Um, so offensive rebounding, transition D, and defensive rebounding. And But the and real reason to talk to Cody was to preview the game against number eight Gonzaga. It's just really important to all of us and our team and our players. It's something that we all talk about and care about and something for, important for the fans. You know, a neighbor will drive by and he'll say, hey, good luck against Gonzaga. Go get Gonzaga. That's the most important thing. Having talked to these guys long enough, you know that this is a big game. It is the game every year. You get the Zags, one of the best teams in the nation, not just the best team in the concert, conference, on your home floor. So I mean, everybody, fans, players, coaches, this game's always circled, and it's always a, a, a spotlight game. I mean, the, the guys are really excited about it. We, we Even though it is the biggest home game of the year for the BYU men's basketball team, Ben and the Sports Nation guys, we're still talking lots of football. Been made, but in your opinion, at this time, is BYU a net positive or negative in the transfer portal transaction? Well, every scenario? day, we, we ask ourselves, like, what's, what topic's going to bring the the greatest amount of juice from the audience. Like, what are they most interested in? BYU, we joke about it all the time. BYU is actually a volleyball school or a cross-country <laughs> school because that's where they had the most success on court. But the BYU is a football school, and we could talk BYU football 365, and that needle's moving. Um, but we're in the midst of basketball season, and we're still, like, 
even leading up to the the Zags game, hey, we've done what three shows this week to this point as as of the, taping this interview, and our A block every day has been football, football, football. We've been talking transfer portal. We've been talking uh, transfer quarterback signing and Jake Retzloff. I mean, we're, football has been the driving driving subject since May. Spencer and Jerem dished out their hot takes eight months before BYU plays their first say, game like, as a member of the Big 12. Okay, topic two. What is your way too early hot take now that the 2022 <laughs> season's over for the 23 BYU football season? BYU is going to have a better offense this year than they did last That's year. That's hot. Yep. The mild sauce take here is BYU is going to start the season 3-0. and uh, Mine is that BYU wins eight games. They okay. just come out and they go. I think those are reasonable. I like, I like the adjusted expectations of eight, eight games now being a good season because we don't know. I mean, I, the Big 12 was awesome to watch as a college football fan this year because I mean, you had TCU making the national championship game but not showing up. Uh, sorry, that's a, sorry TCU. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you, you had a conference that everybody was gettable. All the games were very, very equal, and there's great parity in the league. Does that give BYU hope to to have success next year? Maybe, but I still think they're probably a middle team, maybe upper middle team in the in the, in the Big Twelve next year. And if I had a hot take for it, let's just say that they, let's just say my hot take would be in November. We're still map, mapping out paths to a possible conference championship game appearance. Just like you're still you're still in play in, in the first of November. That would be my hot take. There were no hot takes about the BYU Gonzaga game on Tuesday's BYU basketball with Mark Pope show. Well, uh, it's it's a fun week. Like it's a fun week, right? Um, uh, I, I like where our team is right now. Um, the guys have been really committed. But that's on purpose, according to the show's producer, Hemahey Mui. Last last year was my first year doing all these shows, and. In those shows for both the Kalani Sitake show and the Mark Pope show, like, we went heavy on, you know, the game coming up and all that stuff. And we found that um, it was kind of, you know, our, our, our time and our energy is better spent showcasing the, the athletes that are on the show because, you know, after the season's gone, come and gone, like – what you have is, you know, an interview with Alex Barcelo or you have an interview with Jackson Robinson that, like, you'll be able to look back on and remember that player. Um, and let's be honest, like, you know, throughout the BYU TV shows that we have here and BYU radio shows, there's going to be plenty of Gonzaga talk. And so um, we, we try to now use the, our, the coaches' shows as like a way to showcase the human side of our athletes and our coaches. The player to be featured in this coaches' show uh, was yeah, Jackson Robinson. about it. Just the rivalry, I guess. Is Gonzaga a rivalry? Sure. Yeah. Jackson. So, I mean, I know it's a big game. So The show uh, usually has a fun segment each week. This time it involved the game Headband. This is stressful, <laughs> man. You think Thursday's stressful. This yeah, is stressful. I think he pulled the first as soon part. as we find out who the guest, the player guest is going to be on the show, I try to do a fun game that's kind of tailored to that player. To And I, I tell this to my student producers. It, it's to, There's a purpose for it, right? You want to, A, not only have it be fun, but you want it to showcase some kind of element of that athlete that, like, um, people don't know about, but then also provide like a space where him and Pope, you can see their relationship and, and Greg's really good at like bringing up that relationship too. 
and making it lighthearted and fun. And so as soon as we know who the athlete is, we tailor the game to them. And then that day, like later on that day, we, we'd come up with some kind of game and we put it all together right before the show. How do you think it went? Oh, it was great. Last night was awesome. I, it went a lot better than expected um, <clears throat> because, you know, with players like Jackson Robinson, who who just transferred for this season, right, um, we didn't know anything about him. You know, I didn't know if he would if he would like be really shy and soft-spoken, but he turned out to be a great guest on the show. And Greg, you know, credit to Greg and Mark. They're really good at, at teeing up the players to, to <laughs> no, show their personality. Did I grow up as one of the greatest cattle hands in Oklahoma history? Yes! Yes, Jackson Robinson. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Mark Pope also Thank got a bit play. emotional during the show because his high school coach was in the um, audience. And, and that's all fine and great, but he taught me so much about like being a human being and, and uh, about how to uh, work with people and love people and super special super special to me the, so, the point of having a I've coach's show is to show the more human right, element of all the, the coaches and the athletes that come on the show and um, more often than not it's it's us displaying the human human side of the athletes and you don't get as much with the coach but you know we had a moment last year in the kalani sitake show where we ran his deep blue about him and fessy and their relationship and he got emotional on that one and that was really cool to see and then for this one you know seeing someone in the audience that molded coach pope and you saw how much it meant to coach pope to have him there that was really cool to see too when we come back a big game with the zags was not the only big sporting event for the cougars this week welcome back to behind the mic byu's gymnastics team's first meet of the season wasn't the greatest even though Rebecca Ripley's Barbie Girl floor routine went viral. At the Super 16 in Las Vegas, BYU's team score ranked 15th. It surprised former Cougar gymnast and current gymnastics analyst Mikkel Merkley. But Mikkel admits she's a bit spoiled. Ever since Guard has taken over, the program has just done so well. So when they do have a bad meet... It's almost like we're like, what the heck happened? Like, that's a very average team for a lot. That's a very average score for a lot of teams. However, because they do so well, it is surprising. You know, I, I didn't get to see a lot of the me. I tried to not as many routines were shown as I had hoped for at the watching streaming into Super 16 meet. So the ones I did see, they were quite good. But I think we just had a few learning mistakes we had to count a few falls on the events that's always really hard um and then a few what you'll find with gymnastics is when you put in a new routine sometimes you think that certain elements are going to score well that end up not scoring well so i think we'll see some changes to some routines and those scores will definitely go up the next meet the best of utah against southern utah utah state and those red rocks from the university of utah what is it like for a byu gymnastics team or even as a BYU gymnast, you were one yourself, when you face off against the University of Utah? You know, so gymnastics is a little bit different from other sports. It has no defense. So it really doesn't matter who you go against because you're just looking at scores. So all the teams were going into a meet where there's going to be four teams there this weekend. And obviously doing well is fun. Winning is fun. But really all four teams can take their scores and put them toward their national score, which is great. 
Um, as a gymnast, I did like competing up at the U just because their fan base really shows up for them. So it's always really fun getting to compete in front of those really big crowds. Is it, is it a friendly rivalry or, 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 or is it, you just want to beat them so bad because when, when you think of the university of Utah, they're always so good. They're all, it seems like <laughs> they're always like a top five team. And it's like, man, I just like to beat them one time. They are always so good. They have built a great program. I just think it's different for gymnastics. Um, like I think there's an aggressiveness that comes in the rivalry as far as football and basketball and those kinds of sports go. I mean, you're literally making contact with the other team, but with gymnastics, you're just getting up and doing your set. And if you get in your head too much about, Oh, I want to make sure I beat that other team that you're not focusing on the job that you have to do. You have to just get up and do your skills. And I mean, the best team is going to win at the end of the night. Mikhail and Spencer Litton call all the action. It's one of the premier gymnastics meets every year in the entire country because we're talking about perennial powerhouse Utah gymnastics. The Red Rocks are top of their game, typically a top four squad year in and year out and are always a favorite to make the NCAA championships. So the fact that they are there, that alone makes it a draw. But throwing BYU, which under guard Young has had, for the most part, a steady rise in the gymnastics world, and Utah State is an up-and-coming team. Southern Utah is a team that has been a perennial top 25 team for most years over the past few decades. This is People ask me, Spencer, what's your favorite sport to broadcast? And what's your favorite sport to watch? And... You know, I'll give them answers, but I'll always say the most underrated thing that I do in terms of just like pure fan enjoyment and broadcast enjoyment is gymnastics because it is so unique. The athletes are so unbelievably skilled and talented, and it is such a niche sport that it doesn't matter who's competing. If you're a gymnastics fan, what I'm learning is people will just record whatever. And so the fact that we get to display this on BYU TV, we, we gather this huge audience. Um, and I'm not allowed to give numbers and ratings out, but I can tell you that it is one of the most popular sports that we broadcast on BYU TV just by the numbers because it appeals to all gymnastics fans. And you just don't get a lot of high-level coverage until you get to regionals and the NCAA championships. So um, we appreciate that we get to do that on BYU TV and, and bring that out. I mean, I've never left a gymnastics meet thinking, gosh, I wish I would have been doing something else. So what is Harrison Collier's challenge producing the best of you, Tommy? The biggest one is four teams going on at the same time. So you're just, you have to figure out where, what's the most important person to follow in each apparatus. Um, and then have to juggle, okay, so-and-so's here but they're going on at the same time as another big um, person. So which one do I go to first? And then also another person just had a high, a career high here. So then do I bump them somewhere else? Or so you're just trying to organize, okay, what's the most important storyline um, as you're following that? The, the hardest thing too with our announcers is a lot of what they're they're talking about has already happened and so what you're seeing on tv is probably two or three minutes after the fact 
just because it's going on at the same time. And so we're trying to show everything so everyone can see what's going on. Um, but it's not necessarily live. Before the gymnastics explosion at the Maverick Center in Salt Lake, Spencer would be at the Marriott Center floor for BYU Sports Nation game day for the BYU-Gonzaga game, and he was going to bring the flavor of the game before the game. First and foremost, I think I'm just trying to get an appropriate vibe and how to explain the vibe of the final BYU-Gonzaga game as West Coast Conference foes in the Marriott Center. What people don't remember is while the 2020 game was just epic and Gonzaga was number two and BYU is number 23 and BYU upsets the Zags that night by 13, is that BYU has only beaten Gonzaga twice ever in the Marriott Center. BYU has more wins in the kennel, three, than they do in the Marriott Center, which is crazy, right? And so I think just trying to grasp that this is going to be the last time that these teams will meet in the Marriott Center where BYU has had such a strong home court advantage, or so we think, but maybe not so much in this series. But, yeah, trying to, to take in the vibe and, and the atmosphere and, and then be able to explain that to people who are not able to be in the Marriott Center of, of what it feels like, what it looks like, maybe some of the differences, um, and then some nostalgia that, that goes into what has become a fun rival. Uh, and fun rivalry in, in the West Coast Conference. You know, there's the normal storylines of like, oh, it's the last, um, it's the last WCC probably uh, matchup between the two. Who knows what it's going to be like going forward? You know, we very well could play them in the preseason games going forward. Hema Hamuli will produce BYU Sports Nation game day before and after the game. I think the biggest storyline is just like Mark Pope for some reason, like whether it's a down year or whatnot, he always seems to pull out magic somewhere. And I think BYU fans, you know, through athletics and all of history, that's what we love most about BYU. You know, I'm a fan too, is BYU figures out a way to pull out magic every once in a while. And we're hoping that on this particular Thursday, um, in this particular matchup with the behemoth that is Gonzaga, BYU is able to pull out another magic run and hopefully storm the court again. I mean, I love it. I mean, th- these these games are super fun, and Gonzaga's great. BYU Sports Network analyst Mark Durant has been the color commentator for all 29 games between BYU and Gonzaga coming into the game. The Cougs have only won seven of those contests. As just a basketball fan, I recognize what they've done and what they continue to do and how how excellent Mark Few is and just they they've really built a great program that I think you know as a team that BYU aspires to be like uh, being able to bring in really good transfers that are NBA type transfers and having some real momentum with the program and once you win games and people want to come where you win and but what do you think this last game at the Marriott Center will mean for you or for fans or, or just the BYU community in general. I, I mean, I, I always like it when BYU plays Gonzaga, even before they got into the West Coast Conference. And I'm a big, I, I'm a big fan of Gonzaga and their program over the years going back to the 90s. So w- what do you think this means, uh, this last game at the Marriott Center means for, for Cougar fans and, and maybe even you? Well, you know, I really appreciate the conference and Gonzaga in particular. I, I think that it's a good example of what a rivalry can be like um, I, I think both fan bases are super knowledgeable uh, and recognize good basketball. And although 
Gonzaga has been the dominant team. BYU has gotten a few wins, and they've been really memorable, exciting, fun wins. Uh, and, and so I'm going to have a lot of great memories uh, with Gonzaga. No better games than against Gonzaga. And uh, I, I think, you know, they're, it's just a great rivalry and, and one that I think other rivalries can look at as, hey, we can be civil and have fun and tease and have good basketball. And, and it can still be that type, type of thing out there in college basketball. And so, uh, you know, I'll have great memories, please. logo, lean in, handoff, low to Foose. Foose off the window and he scores it. Great spot by. Are you going to miss the Gonzaga rivalry? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Network studio host, Jason Shepard. I'm perfectly fine taking a bit of a break from the BYU-Gonzaga rivalry. Look, especially with what BYU's doing in terms of going into the Big 12, we already know how difficult that conference is already. I- I'm perfectly fine going on a break, Ross Rachel style. And, <laughs> you know, and down the road, if... It's something that comes back because both Coach Pope and Coach Few, and Coach Pope mentioned it this week, they've talked and both have said they're interested in keeping it going once BYU leaves the conference. So it sounds like there's certainly an, uh, something that could happen in the future. But, I mean, get a couple get a couple years away from it. Get your bearings in your new conference. And then if you want to do it, I don't know if it would be a home-and-home home or if it would be a neutral site thing. Uh, but maybe play Gonzaga once every three years as a non-conference. It's 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 probably okay, but I, I, I'm all right taking a break from the Zags. Jason says he still likes the energy of the rivalry, but doesn't like that Gonzaga usually beats BYU. His pregame interview was with Fuseni Traore, who was excited to play the Zags one last time in Provo. I'm super excited to go against Jiruti, you know. Fus actually told me that he has really studied Drew Timmy film, and, and a lot of it is because he admires what he does, obviously, because he's so prolific. But he said the other reason is, is he, and these were his words, he said he, he pretty much owned me last year in the matchup. And it's been on his mind. He used it as motivation uh, to get better. So he's looking forward to that matchup because of how highly he thinks of Drew Timmy. Um, and, and he knows, first of all, what type of atmosphere that the Marriott Center is going to have. He's looking forward to this opportunity um, to because, hey, it's like with uh, with BYU football, when, when you beat Utah and you knew they weren't going to be on the schedule for a couple of seasons, you get to sit on that for a while. Well, you know, this would be one where if you, if you can somehow get Gonzaga at the Marriott Center, uh, this will this will be the last chance uh, to get them at home for, for certainly there's there's no scheduling after this. If you can get them, you, you would have another one. But, you know, you could, you could sit on that one for a while and enjoy it. So how'd the Cougs do? 72, this one hyper-crucial, 15-point nine to go. Bends the knees. Shoots. Strong on it. Guard the three. Guard the three. BYU leading it by two. The rebound to Gonzaga. Strother in front court with 10 seconds. Shoots a three and scores it. Gives the Zags the lead with 9.5. BYU can now play for the win. But the Cougs trail 75 to 74 on the Strother three. Robinson in to Rudy. Rudy to the timeline with eight. To Johnson with seven. Spencer with six and with five. With four and three. Spencer a desperation three. It's blocked at the arc, and that will do it. Gonzaga comes back to win it. The final score, 75-74. The Zags survive at the Marriott Center. BYU will have at least one more chance to beat the Zags in this rivalry that is sadly going away. Thanks for listening to Behind the Mic. Download and subscribe from your favorite podcast provider or listen on the BYU Radio app. Behind the Mic is a production of BYU Radio.